Yo, what's up? This is the baddest man in Mississippi, Ben Big Tuna Parish. You catch me on Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name's Kobe. I've got a familiar voice with me. He's been on the show before. We've got John Yun Ko from South Korea. John, how's it going? Going good, man. I'm excited to break down this event coming up. It's a, it's a unique one. Let's just say that. Yeah, I'm loving these cross-promotional events. We've got Bellator versus Ryzen on New Year's Eve. I'm amped. I don't do much in New Year's Eve these days. It's just too damn costly now. So staying at home, watching some kick-ass fights is perfect for me. What are you going to be doing? I'm actually going to be in, in Thailand on New Year's Eve. So oh. I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing. And, and what's trippy about this show is that they're going to tape delay it on Showtime, which I don't understand why they're doing it, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's to draw in more eyes maybe, right? Maybe they're just looking at it like we'll get more people watching if we do it that way, but who knows? Who knows what the actual motivation is? But I love this idea of pitting five of their best versus five of the other promotions best. And we'll work from the first fight on the main card to the last fight on the main card. And that's to begin with Koji Takeda versus Gazi Rabadonov. Who do you like here? I like uh, Rabadonov, man. I think that he has a, a strong wrestling base. He's a good grappler. And Koji's actually a good, he's a good grappler as well. But if you compare grappling, their, their types of grappling, it's... Rabadonov's grappling is more for for MMA and you know he has that background he has the connection to to Habib and his team which is always something to look at and he has a win over like JJ Wilson I feel like that's a huge win as well as a, a win over Bobby King and uh, and the thing about him is like this dude will stick to the game plan and uh, and wrestle the shit out of you if he needs to and Koji, even though I like him and he's 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 flashy and he loves the suplexes, I think that Rabadonov will be able to counter everything that he can he can put against him. And uh, I don't think they're gonna get. I don't think he's gonna get a finish. But if you look a little bit deeper into it, the only thing that I see as an advantage for Takeda is he talked about this in the interview that I had with him is that there's they're going by Ryzen rules, right? So maybe. Rabadonov doesn't understand like the rules or the type of judging there uh, that they have, you know, because rarely fighters do. You know what I mean? Fighters, come on, let's be realistic, right? Do yeah. fighters really know about the judging? Do they really care? Hell no. So, like with uh, with Takeda, he said that the judging will probably be on his side, um, and also the ring. He's fighting; they're fighting in a ring, and uh, Rabadonov is used to the cage. And uh, fighting in a ring is completely different. I've spoken with other fighters about it. And there's certain like aspects of the ring and the ropes that you could use to your advantage. Maybe uh, Rabadonov won't be able to do that. Because a lot of these guys that come from like Dagestan or, 
or Eastern Europe in, in their style of wrestling is they use the cage a lot. Big time. Right? And there is no cage. So that's the only advantage I see for Takeda. But I think Rob Donoff will be able to adjust, you know, maybe not in the first round, but by the second round, he'll be able to adjust to it and, uh, and win a decision. See, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I like Rabadonov as well. A cu- couple of reasons. Like you, I think he's a superior grappler when it comes to MMA. But more importantly, I think he's got a, a deeper gas tank than Takeda. I, I don't know if Takeda will be able to keep up with the amount of pressure and I'd say slightly better striking that Rabadonov has. I expect to see a lot of clinching in this fight, but... I think Rabadonov will be the more successful standing and the clinching may sort of balance itself out to where you don't see much activity there except for one person trying to get top position versus another and then having it back to standing and then Rabadonov continuing to dominate standing. I think this will go to decision. I don't think either guy gets a finish. I think Rabadonov takes this by decision. And on top of that, Takeda hasn't really faced that type of level of grappler if you look at his whole career right he has three losses those losses are against spike carlisle yusuke yachi and damon brown damon brown a striker mm-hmm. yachi striker carlisle a wild man right so when you look at that and the type of competition that he has faced he has never faced someone like ramadanov and ramadanov this could be a breakout fight for him you know what i mean this is the stage there must be a reason why they decided to put Ramadanov on this card against Takeda, right? They saw something in him that they need to push for. And we could see him, you know, maybe getting into the mix in uh, in Bellator's uh, lightweight division real, real soon. And you know better than I, but Takeda is like a rising, rising star, basically in rising, correct? Exactly. Exactly, yes. Yeah, like he's got a lot of hype going into this. So I think for both of them, this is a really big event for both those fighters. Now, so far, we've both got it one to Bellator. But let's go on to the next one. We've got Juan Archuleta versus Suchul Kim, or because you're from South Korea, I'll say Kim Suchul. <laughs> Who do you like there? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the South Korean, Suchul Kim. If you look back at uh, his career, right, like the man has been doing beautiful things throughout his career, right? He first, he won the, he was the first ever one championship bantamweight champion right and then he became the road fc champion in multiple divisions and he just recently became the road fc featherweight champion again and then he went over to ryzen in his ryzen debut and faced the bantamweight grand prix champion hiromasa ogikubo if you remember the name he was on the ultimate fighter that season where they had all the flyweights and the champions around the world he was the japanese guy that didn't really speak any english on the show uh, but he's a killer in Ryzen. He went in there and they went they went on a barn burner of a fight, right? They, those guys were just throwing just hands. Like the, the gas tank was crazy uh, on, uh, on Sutra Kim. But before that, he took a break from, uh, from fighting, right? For, man, he, he, in 2017, he retired. And then he returned in 2021. And now it is 2022. And he's two and one with two big wins. And he's heading into this fight against Juan Archuleta. I'm taking him because I think that he could out scramble. And they're kind of like similar fighters in many ways. Uh, They're not really like 
they're not like really like too phenomenal in one area, but they're just full all around mixed martial artists. But the, the difference maker, I think, in this fight is that Sucha Kim can finish fights. And I think he's going to go in there and he's going to, this fight is going to be wild. These guys are going to go everywhere. They're going to be wrestling. Oh, yeah. They're going to be scrambling. They're going to be hitting each other with all kinds of shots. The variety of like shot selection these guys put out is going to be insane. But I think Suchar Kim is going to end up finishing this fight in probably the second or third round. I think uh, this is going to be a huge spot. Suchar Kim is like that talent that should have been in Bellator, that should have been in the, in the UFC a long time ago. And he's going to show it in this fight and he's going to take out the former champ. Yeah, this could be the fight of the night, really. Uh, the way these guys go at it, especially Juan Archuleta, sometimes he is he disregards defense for pure offense. But I, I'm with you again. I, I'm with you again. I like Kim Suchul here because I just think he's a crisper striker. I think Archuleta's done. I honestly think he's at the end of his career. I don't think he possesses the same knockout power that he's had earlier in his career. and. I don't know, man. I, it's almost like he wants every fight to be a fight of the night, but potentially at the the, the possibility of losing. And I, I just think Kim Suchul is is set up to outstrike him precision wise. I think it's going to be a great, like like you said, fights me all over the place. But I just think he's the more crisper, younger. If I think he's younger, I'm not even sure about that, but at least younger in MMA years. Then Juan Archuleta, and I just I just see Archuleta on a downslide. I, I don't think he can pull this one out. I'm, I, we agree. So again, we're in this case we're going with Ryzen, so we're one and one here. He is four years younger. He is four years he is younger. Four years younger. Okay, and I think it's a significant four years. Yeah, and then Sutra Kim took that break. I think that helped him a lot to recover his body as well as Juan. He's just I think the the fluctuation in weight throughout the years. Remember, he was mm-hmm. fighting at like different weight classes all the time. That catches up to you, man. It yeah. does. It does catch up to you. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. He might be on the down slide of his career right now. And, and this, this might end violently for him. Yeah. No, I, 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 think it's, I think this, too, could go the distance. I still think this could go the distance just because Juan's pretty tough. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Kim gets a finish here. All right. So, on to the third fight. And we've got Kyoji Horiguchi versus Hiramasu Ogikubo. Who do you like there? Oh, this is a tough one, man, because Horiguchi, we're, we're in this like Max Holloway, Alex Volkanovsky territory right here because it's the <laughs> third fight yeah. and uh, Horiguchi has beaten him twice. And, but there are different like parts of their career where like Horiguchi has gone through some injuries and a lot of people believe that after this, the, the knee injury that he had, he's, he slowed down somewhat. And if you look at Horiguchi's record, you know, in his last, uh, what is it? His last uh, five fights, he's two and three in his last five fights. Mm-hmm. And he's been finished twice in those fights. But he's looked good in every fight, he's except for great. the Patchy Mix. Yeah, <laughs> except did. for the Patchy Mix fight. I think Patchy Mix showed that, you know well, I mean? That like, was, was have, a stylistic fight too, right? Yeah, yeah. Patchy Mix was a, I think Patchy Mix was a future champ. The guy is uh, crazy. But um, yeah, they think that... Uh, well, Hiramasa believes, because I talked to him before this fight, that Horiguchi has slowed down. Like he doesn't have the speed. He, he doesn't react as fast. But I still think he's going to win this fight. I just think he has a, the number, <laughs> man. I think I think Hiramasa, like, he just, maybe it's a psychological thing. 
But uh, Hiramasa said he's going to go for uh, like a knockout or submission. I don't think he's going to be able to knock out Horiguchi. I don't think he's going to be able to submit Horiguchi. I actually think Horiguchi is going to go in there and, uh, and win a decision. I think Horiguchi just needs to win because this is the only Japan versus Japan fight, right? Where Horiguchi is kind of like the enemy because he's representing Bellator and yeah. Hiromasa is representing his Ryzen. Uh, but I feel like a lot of people are probably rooting for Horiguchi to win. He's just a more popular fighter. And uh, Horiguchi, you know, he might feel the pressure, but we don't know. You know, I mean, I don't think he feels too much pressure. He doesn't seem like it. I, I, I see him going in there and, 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 and doing what he does. Using his speed, and, we agree uh, again, man. We 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 agree again. I was expecting us to to disagree at least a few times here, but so far we're three for three. I also think he's very, he's going to be comfortable there, right? Like mm-hmm. Ryzen's home for him, and he had a lot of success <laughs> in Ryzen. So I almost feel like it's a coming home party for him. He's going to be very comfortable against an opponent that the last time they met he beat. I like him to, to get the win as well. I, I would I, I expect a decision too here, but it would not surprise me if he gets one of those like highlight reel knockouts. But we need to remember this fight is at flyweight. I don't think either guy has fought at flyweight in a long time. So oh, we yeah. gotta remember that. That's a little you know, little thing we gotta look at. Maybe that might have take a toll on either one of these fighters, but I still think Horiguchi, he doesn't ever seem like he has problems on the scale. And he's looked so uh, good lately, man. Even with the losses, he looks so good. Yeah. It's just, he's part of the, I, I like to say he's part of that, the older generation, the previous generation that's still good, but the next generation is catching up to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're like, the skill levels are matching up. That's why he still looks good, but he's still, he's still vulnerable in many, many parts of the fight. And that's why Apache mixed played him. That's why, uh, uh, Sergio Pettis beat them. It's just because they're 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 leveling out. If they would have fought like two three years ago, I think Corey Gucci would dominate both guys. You know what I mean? But it's That's just right. it's just like time, right? Time time is a bitch. Yeah. Bet US Sportsbook is your ultimate destination for online betting. With sports betting, live betting, racebook, online slots, and online casino. It's available across the U.S. and Canada. Use the code PSP to receive a massive sign-up bonus. And then we got the co-main at Featherweight, Patricio Pitbull, Kleber Koike Upst. Who you like here? Man, this is a tough one, dude. Because Patricio, I consider him the best fighter in Bellator history. Like, I think he's done enough to, to obtain that level, that status, that label. But man, this stylistically is a bad matchup, especially inside that inside that ring. Kleber is a monster, man. He is so good at just grabbing submissions from anywhere. And he's long and tall. Even though Patricio doesn't have problems with long and tall guys. Yeah. But the threat of submission anywhere. Patricio is going to go in there and be very low. And it's going to be hard to like take him down. But the thing is, Kleber is not a wrestler. He's not going to go in there and try to go for double legs. He's just he just needs to get he just needs to grab an arm. He just yeah. needs to grab a wrist. Yeah, he's he's an opportunist. Yeah, and he he will pull guard. He'll jump on your back. He'll grab a leg. Like that's what he's going to be trying to do. And what P- Patricio's going to try to do is he's going to try to stay low and use his speed and then just throw haymakers at him. And that's the fight that we're going to see, I believe. 
Uh, I'm going to go with Clever. I think Clever's going to be able to get on him and stay on him and, and submit him. Oh, we disagree for the first time. We disagree for the first time. So I, I think I think Patricio's got a, enough wrestling and enough strength to to stop the submission. And I think that's what what's good, the difference is going to be. I think you're going to see, yeah, some haymakers. I don't know how many land, but you're probably going to see a fair amount of submission attempts from from Kleber, but you're going to see a lot of ground and pound from Patricio. If Kleber doesn't submit him in the first round, I, I think he may take enough damage that that's enough for it to go the distance and Patricio gets the, the decision. That's what I think is going to happen here. Yeah, that 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 exactly that's what's going to happen. If Clever doesn't get the submission early, then Patricio is going to outlast him and be able He's to maybe finish him. him in the third. Yeah, that's. But I think Clever is going to be able to submit him. I think that. Yeah, Patricio has never faced a guy like this, and no, he was submitted no, he by hasn't. Ag McKee. Yeah, but you, you see, I think that one caught him caught him off guard a little bit. You know what I mean? And I and I think in that case, he I don't think he. Ex- he expected AJ McKee to have that much of a, like that much strength, you know. Like I think he probably felt like he could break any submission attempt. Clever is a snake, man. That's what they should call him. The I think it's gonna be a great fight. Like I mean, like, it is. Like I think it's the kind of fight that a, a fan of mixed martial arts needs to watch. Like you need to watch that fight. Like it's the perfect, you know, powerful striker versus a crazy submission artist type fight. Yeah, and also like I watching this fight. I think this is the fight that I'm really looking forward to just because of the status of Pitbull in Bellator. And and what does that do to his like level of status if Kleber goes in there and submits him? Like, That's like why that, this, this event like, is so like great. Yeah, you like what, what's going to happen to their legacy depending on what happens in this fight. Like, it's like respect, the first fight, respect. right? Like Takeda versus Rabadanov. That's a building legacy fight. Yeah. Whereas this one is a cementing your legacy fight. Exactly. It's like, I love that Patricio is doing this is because like, this is the stuff that I respect fighters for. I respect fighters for taking chances, you know what I mean? And, and, and like going for, for, you know, oh, hold on, taking hold on, risks. Hold on. No, hold on no. See, yeah, that's, that's the way you should put it. Taking risks because I've seen a lot of fighters get a lot of credit for taking a fight where they're like, wow, that's a crazy fight to take. But at that point they're risking little, right? You know, they're at a point in their careers where you'll take a crazy fight and everybody gives them credit for it. But win or lose, it doesn't change people's opinion of them. This is a risky fight in that it can change your opinion. It can. And then what do you do? You bring Kleber over to Bellator and have him challenge Get a for Pitbull's shot. title? <laughs> yeah. Like, why not, right? This this opens <laughs> up a Pandora's box of, like, possibilities, right? Like, of what can happen if one person wins compared to the other person, right? Because these guys all hold titles. They have belts. Like, even even in the Juan Archuleta Suchar Kim fight, like, Suchar Kim has the, the Road FC featherweight belt. Yeah. Could we see if Juan wins, could we see Juan, like, okay, Bellator will send Juan to the Road FC and they will fight for the Road FC belt just to see if Suchar Kim. You know, just because the, he has a win over Sutra Kim. Like, it, there's a lot of possibilities right there. Yeah, it opens, up, open it up. opens up great avenues for increased interest in different promotions, right? Like, it's exactly. this, this event's money, man. Like, I've been amped for this. As soon as it was announced, I've been amped for it. And then that was even before they listed the fighters. Once they listed the fighters, I was like, this is, is going to be fantastic. I, I oh, can't fucking sure. wait. You know what I mean? So, 
And then, of course, the main event, and I guess the good thing to, to point out here is of co-main, the main event, these are still three-round fights. These are not five-round fights. They're three-round fights. So you got to factor that one in. But for the main event, we got AJ McKee versus Roberto D'Souza. Who do you like here? I got Satoshi Souza, man. This oh. guy is... I'm a fan of, like, Kleber and, and Satoshi, the, the Bonsai team. Those guys are so underrated. A lot of people don't know who they are just because they fight for Ryzen. And a lot of people know them, right, if you follow the sport. It's just this platform is going to allow them, even if they lose, it's going to allow them to be in front of a broader audience. And then people are going to start to follow these guys. You know what I mean? Like, But Satoshi, this guy is, you know, he made the mistakes early on in his career fighting for Ryzen of, of standing and striking with guys that he shouldn't have, right? And he's lost once against somebody like that, which is yeah. Johnny Case. And he got the revenge. And what did he do? He didn't do the same thing. He went in there and stuck to... Dominated him. Yeah, and dominated him. And I think he's going to do the same thing to AJ McKee. AJ McKee, though, buddy. Yeah. I AJ think he's going to do it. I think, I think he's, he's the underdog, of course. Satoshi's the underdog. But I think AJ McKee, he's going to go in there cocky, like, oh, this fool can't submit me. And he's going to play that game. And he's going to find out. <laughs> he's going to find out that Satoshi is the real deal. And, and I think Satoshi's going to go in there and, uh, and submit him. So this is a tough, tough fight to pick. Okay? This is a tough fight to pick. Because AJ McKee looked like invincible until the loss versus Pitbull. Right? Looked invincible. Mm -hmm. And some of the submissions that he put on people were just, they're opportunistic submissions, but they were very high-level submissions. But now he's fighting a guy that's just as lanky as him who knows enough to not leave limbs hanging out to dry, who I think might be stronger than him, physically stronger. I hate to say it. I, I was certain you were going to say McKee, but I'm actually going with D'Souza as well. I also think D'Souza is really on a, a high right now, whereas McKee might be second-guessing himself. And all it takes is just a second of hesitation to lose, period. That's all it takes. A little bit of hesitation yeah. inside the, the ring or the cage or wherever. And someone else of Satoshi's caliber can take advantage and beat you. I, I think D'Souza wins this by submission. And the guys that he submitted, McKee, they're all wrestlers. Oh, yeah. Satoshi is not a wrestler. Like him and Kleber are not wrestlers. That's the thing. There's rarely any guys like them in the sport at this high level where you're not a wrestler. You know what I mean? And and you could go in there and, and grapple with the best of them. And these guys can pull guard. There's rare, it's very rare error to be in where you can pull guard in MMA and still be in a in a dangerous spot. And D'Souza Satoshi, he might be even better than Clever at it. You know what I mean? And he, I think he is. Because I, I think he's a little more well-rounded. Oh, definitely. Definitely more, well more well-rounded and younger as well. And he has so much experience in just the grappling and he's like you said, he's so strong. And just look, just look at his run, dude. It's like it's sick. Round one submission, or round one <laughs> ground and pound. But he had him in the submission, yeah, right? He it could have been, been a submission, but he just felt like yeah. beating the shit out of him while he had him. Triangle <laughs> choke, triangle. Choke. Look who he has submitted. He he submitted Tofik in the first round. That's right, Tofik. Yeah, Yachi in the second round. Johnny Case in the first round. Armbar, armbar, triangle, armbar. Like, but the thing is, like. People look at his record and say, oh, I'm just going to um, 
I'm just going to defend against the armbar. No, then he's got the rear naked choke. I'm going to defend against the triangle. No, then he's going to fucking attack your legs. Like, it, like the dude has so much more than what he's shown. And I think he's going to be able to show it in here because I think McKee's the type of opponent will he'll have, he'll be able to defend long mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. But then Satoshi is going to eventually find something. And That's this right. rope, these, this ring is going to be a different situation. That's a, for, that's a big difference in that situation. Big. Yeah. Right? No, it's, it's crazy. We only have we only differ on one one fight. <laughs> I thought we were gonna differ on a bunch, but we only differ on the one fight. I got Pitbull, you, you got you got Cleaver. <laughs> right. For sure. I like it. I like this. I like this. I wish that they would do it like twice a year. Oh yeah, know? I and I think that's coming. I think that's coming. And they don't even have to do champion versus champion. I think that they could do like a a, a prelim card. Where they stack like even contenders, like a, maybe like the number ten guy in the division versus like a number five guy in in Ryzen, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I think they could start mixing and matching, and 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 this off because the thing is like Bellator. I think the the problem with Bellator right now is that they have so many fighters under contract, but they don't have enough events. Correct. So they and then you start to see these like weird mismatch fights, right? Yeah, and that's what's well, been happening. Also, also, you get guys upset. Right, they're just constantly oh. bitching. Like, I need a fight. I need a fight. I need a fight. Yeah. I'm like, well, how about do you, do you mind fighting this guy from Ryzen? If if you don't mind, then you, you will get you a fight. You know, like exactly. I, I think that's a wicked way to do it. Yeah, which maybe they should start doing like four times a year, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and do it in Japan because everybody wants to go into Japan and fight. That's just what they want to do. You know. So I was looking at the uh, the Ryzen forty card leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed a couple of names. John Dodson's there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw him fight now. I'm trying to think when it was. It was Bare Knuckle, from what I remember. Yeah, he did do Bare Knuckle, didn't he? Yeah. And then Rogerio Bentorin is there. Like, there's some recognizable names that just kind of popped up on this card. Like, again, I, I don't watch much Ryzen, so it was, it was kind of interesting to see that these guys ended up there. Yeah, you got Junior Taffa, who's, who's uh, the brother of Justin Taffa, who's one of the protégés of Mark Hunt. So, yeah. like, you got to look out for him. You got Sayoshi Sudario, who's, like, the sumo wrestler turned heavyweight. They're fighting each other, which is going to be an insane fight, I think. Yeah, that's going to be awesome, yeah. And you and you got uh, Naoki Inoue, who was, like, one of the youngest fighters in the UFC. And then he got released, but now he's, like, actually in his prime fighting for Ryzen. Looks really good. Uh, Johnny Case is fighting as well. Yeah. Former UFC guy. Uh, but the main event, dude, like, this girl... Seiki Seika Izawa, undefeated champion, Adamway champion versus the South Korean Chu Park. That's going to be a good fight. These are probably the two best uh, atom weights in the world right now. Legit, two of the best in the are world they, right are now. Are they strikers? Are they grapplers? Where are they? Izawa, the champion, is a a, a grappler. So okay. she goes in there. And she's kind of like a she's kind of similar to like a, a clever, right? Like a female version of Kleber. Okay. But super so submission, young. Submission specialist. Yeah, submission specialist. And then Shu Park is a striker. But they fought before. Oh, in, okay. In deep. So this is a rematch. But this is also the tournament finals for the Atomweight division. They had Atomweight Grand Prix this year. And this is the finals. And uh, I, it's going to be a lot. Like the first fight was really close. Uh, Izawa took a, a lot of damage from Park. Park is a striker. She def- he, she actually defended the takedowns really well. But this time, they're not in a cage. The first fight was in a cage. This fight is in a ring. And it's going to be interesting to see like how they come out because Park looks much better than she did 
okay. uh, compared to the first fight, Izawa is just pretty much just doing what she does normally, right? She's just running through people. But yeah, there's a lot of interesting fights on the on the Rising 40 card as well. Yeah, I'm going to try to catch this whole card. Now, you mentioned earlier that you uh, you interviewed Ogi Kubo leading up to this? Yeah. So where can people f- catch that interview? On the All-Star uh, uh, YouTube channel. So you go to the All-Star YouTube channel and go watch the interview. I actually did interviews with uh, Koji Takeda as well and uh, Junior Tafa, uh, Sudario, Kenta Takazawa. Are these, are these interviews in English? Yes, they're all in English. I have a translator okay. there. Uh, and, uh, and then the champ, uh, Izawa, I actually interviewed her as well for, for these fights. So, yeah, they're all on the, um, the All-Star YouTube channel. Or just go to my Twitter, JHKMMA, and you can see those right uh, on. interviews listed. Right on. All right, man. Thanks for being on, buddy. No worries, man. No worries. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our insider tips, sponsor giveaways, and insider newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcasters experience. Where no sport is left behind.